revision.io. Hey, welcome to the Era of Women session. My name is Daniel. With me is Valentina, who is rather than me the uh, the expert on the topic. And I will restrict myself a little bit to the moderation to guiding you through and getting the most out of our conversation. So, um, yeah, first of all, we have a little intro about cool. Valentina. Um, can everyone hear me too? I'm not yelling or talking too loudly. It's good. Cool. Um, so I'm Valentina. Call me Val. Either one is fine. Um, I work as an innovation strategist at Amatus. It's the company that's behind this conference. Um, where, yeah, basically like think tank stuff, um, humanitarian technology. Um, I come from a very different background, clinical psychology. Um, but I became very fascinated with um, the intersection of humanity, psychology, anthropology with technological solutions. Um, so, so yeah, and I'm also um, a radical feminist, if you will, um, and activism is an enormous part of my life, whether in writing or in behavior. Um, I work in an enormously male-dominated space, um, so these things are extremely prevalent to me. Um, and I'm really excited to be here today and to talk about these things, to talk about women's empowerment, feminism, um, what it means to us, what actionable things we can do to change the way that things are now. Um, and yeah, and to also talk about like personal experiences. I think sometimes this topic takes us to a really academic and theoretical place. Um, but I think it's also important to talk about our day-to-day -day things and like, yeah, daily experiences that are important to this also. Cool. Thank you. Um, so more about the issue in a few seconds from, from Valentina. Uh, my name is Daniel. I come from a, a collective in Berlin, which is called Open State. We are all about facilitating system change questions and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm actually a learner in feminism and the whole topic, so that's why I, why I said let me do the moderation and uh, and you do the, <laughs> the talking more or less. But we will talk a lot uh, all together. It should be a very interactive session. We we switch from this fishbowl of people in the middle and have just one circle for the beginning, and I just lead you through very quickly what we do. Like I said, we have this impulse from Valentina. Uh, then we have a little sharing round of 15 minutes where everybody can throw in their contributions. Like literally, we have a few cards prepared, which I will hand out where you can note your thoughts. And then we have a little um, experiment exercise of getting to know each other, a little bit of empathy training, because that is much has much to do with the issue. And finally, we have a, a sharing round. Okay. And you, be, you can be my timekeeper. Stay my timekeeper. Wonderful. Cool, then you need to time yourself for five minutes of intro, or four, maybe. Um, so I already kind of dove into an impulse before, I guess, to kind of frame this session and this conversation. Um, ultimately, I wanted to be also about what you guys want to talk about, right? That's why you're here. Um, the experiences that are important to you, the experiences that are difficult, and also the good things that are happening and the progress that we see in the world. Um, I also think it's really important to make it clear that this is a space of intersectional feminism and inclusive feminism um, for anybody at all. Um, and that, yeah, I don't know, that's just super important. It's been super important to me recently, understanding that there's also women with more privilege who maybe haven't experienced the same kind of hardships that women of color have experienced or non-conforming people have experienced. Um, so those voices are also super important to bring to the table today. Um, yeah, I guess like this started for me as a as a workplace thing. Oops, okay. <laughs> um, as um, how very difficult it is to work in in the emerging tech scene, where it's yeah super male dominated. Um, also, certain kind of men <laughs> in this space, um, and the kind of microaggressions that I experience among many other women every day. Um, whether it's my colleagues only holding the door for me and not anybody else, um, or whether it's being told to smile more in the office, um, or most recently being told that maybe I'm tired because I'm on my period in a meeting. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I see some eye rolling and I feel that. Um, so yeah, so th these things are really important, but it's also really important what we experience day to day, right? So when we talk about um, why there aren't lots of women in the tech scene or in the science scene, um, or why women aren't being hired, I think it's really limited to think about just things like education or job opportunities. It's also important to think about the kind of aggression and violence that we experience on a day to day basis outside of the office. Um, and the way we were raised in our families, the kind of social structures and culture that create um, a really systematic oppression. Um, so yeah, super broad. Um, and uh, I'm also a real, um, 
actionable person, I suppose. So m maybe too much so, but I'm very solution oriented. And although I think that, um, that questions are actually much better than answers, um, and that it's a lifelong journey to be asking the right questions and to open our minds and to consider um, all the things that we have yet to learn, um, I think it's also really nice to walk away from a conversation or an experience with some concrete things that we can do. Um, and whether that's, um, and that's us, that's, that's anyone, right? That's men, that's women, that's anyone in between and outside of that binary. Um, that's all the things that we can change, the way that we speak, the way that we interact with one another, um, the way that we can challenge these norms. Um, and that could also be also policy things, right? Talking about where, the, where like, for example, if we're talking about recruitment or hiring, um, that we consider policies like materna maternity leave, paternity leave, that there's equality in these things, that there's structures in place to ensure um, that women and any, everyone of all genders has equal opportunity. Um, so yeah, um, sort of all over the place. I apologize for that. This is something I'm enormously passionate about. Um, is my four minutes up? Because I don't want to be talking forever. I don't think yet. No? Let's see. Okay, one more minute. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, and again, I want to just reiterate, I guess, on that last point, I'll end with that, of the personal. Um, I think that I actually tend to do this to intellectualize a lot, so I tend to think about things on this really, like, theoretical level, or the things I've learned in a textbook, or if we're talking about policy, we're talking about these really, like, umbrella issues, but I think this is actually a really personal conversation. Um, it certainly touches my heart. It's emotional to me. I'm sure it's emotional to a lot of people here, and that's really okay. That's more than okay. It's super, super important that we also talk about that. Um, so yeah, bring the emotions here. It's a safe space. Um, and yeah, cool. Thank you very much for the intro. Wonderful. So, um, all right, we, we have a joint conversation now. What I'd like to offer you as a little, um, little thing is that we take one more minute to just think about what could be actually our contributions. We won't have the time maybe to listen to everyone because we're even more than, than 20. And one good thing to do is to just make up your mind what's really my strongest, not the strongest, but the point you want to make maybe. And that's why I hand out these cards, which I should have be keeping on your chairs at the beginning, I think. But I give yellow to the right and white to the left. That has no more meaning than everybody should have two cards in the end for two thoughts. And please write on it just the one thought you have or two thoughts you have and only one idea per card. So not a text, but maybe like a tagline or two, three words just to, to concentrate on what you want to say or contribute. And we have also a little documentation about everything even if you don't manage or we can't manage to to have you speaking. And these are actually um, the addings. That's, that needs to be shared by two persons. So it's nine or ten. So you'll arrange, yeah? So two persons or three persons for one pen. Okay, and now we keep just another minute. Minute of sweet, silent work and you just make up your mind what yeah what brought you here actually what you took from the little impulse uh, what you heard maybe during the conference or what's what's your take on the on the issue just a a minute before we then start together in the conversation okay i guess everyone else is finished because the minute is up already yeah you can still also keep writing and we start with first contribution so um yeah, the floor is yours for, for 15 minutes. We just, just start uh, chatting and are really eager to hear what you have to say. Now I get the thing of the fishbowl. You need to raise a hand and then I come to you with a microphone. <laughs> so anyone who likes to start, just starts. Over there. Hi, guys. My name is Sonia. I hope I understand it right, what we have to do now. Um, I think that's better. Uh, I'm wondering, no, on the other way around, I'm an empowerment coach and I'm working in this field since over 20 years with companies, with somatic intelligence and equality and yes. And it was pretty hard a couple of years ago to really talk to the male quality. I just want to separate between qualities, not between the gender or the sex. And I'm wondering why, I'm researching in this field right now, why the male quality 
or masculine quality is so afraid at the moment of our energy? This is my main question. I also ask myself about, and I'm sure I'm also afraid of my own power. I have to. I think the women know what I'm talking about. <laughs> This is my main question. Why are you so afraid of us? <laughs> I'm, I'm not personally, but uh, uh, thanks. Can you share the card in the middle a little bit so we just collect them? Just throw them in the here in the in the middle. Hi, my name is. Um, oh, my name is Ute, and um, I'm a communication strategist and also facilitator transformational leadership and I'm um, I'm really hoping that we find uh, some new approaches and new ideas about the uh, era of women because if um, the era of women just means um, that we are um, still in the competitive mode or that we're in a mindset of uh, power and oppression it doesn't lead me anywhere so um, For me, the era of uh, woman means to include and to heal all aspects of yourself, the male and the female aspects in everybody and to appreciate all these energies within everybody and um, uh, which leads to the aspect of I'm not, um, I'm not just female, I'm both. I have female aspects and male aspects and it is on me to develop and cultivate the qualities of these aspects within me and appreciate it within everybody else so that cuts out the fear. Um, but there are also um, issues, of course, of oppression and power and um, we're in a mindset of Uh, patriarchal mindset, patriarchal uh, power structures in the moment and to, if we really want to step into the new era uh, and call it the, the era of women, um, then I think it's, it's um, really needed to, to step out of this mindset uh, of competing of men and women. It's about, um, it's about harmony between men, men and women and Uh, the harmony between the male and female aspects within everybody and I would love to see this as the main quality of the era of women that it is um, inclusive and it's not about um, separating and um, and yeah ignorance or non-acceptance of um, the qualities that we did not incorporate ourselves thank you era of harmony may be better Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm a visual artist and last year I um, had the chance to work on whatever uh, funded and I asked myself the question, what is driving my work? And actually it is um, letting go of power structures, how to leave the cycles of repeating the power structures. And so I came up with uh, using the word depowerment experimentally <laughs> to balance out uh, inequality from a, from a lower leverage. And my questions here are, uh, in that respect, also linking to what has been said now, domination and cooperation. Great, thank you. I take one of, I counted one of four men in the session, excluding me. Um, thank you. So my name is Benjamin. Um, just a little practical sort of life situation. I'm in now and especially my partners in we just had a baby she works in tech and um, I notice how in our relationship and in our life we're we're sort of pulled into a situation where I am working full-time and she's at home where I'm sitting here in this circle where actually she should be sitting here and it's um, it's it's breaking my heart in a way and um, it's a very practical thing I wrote on the card it is so easy to get um, stuck into traditional gender roles plus one on that okay hey um firstly a comment on that I think it's really important that men are here because there shouldn't be a conversation between just women because for any sort of change to happen you actually need to speak to men the conversation can't always be woman to woman um, it needs to be like very, very inclusive of both genders to to get that message through. So it's cool that you're here. <laughs> um, 
One of my one of my big topics that's very much in my head in my head at the moment is um, I'm a manager within a tech business and um, I have I have women on my team and men as well, but I've noticed that being in a tech business that was founded by men with a, a C-suite of men at the top, uh, male management. Um, is very much the norm and male management. Maybe that's uh, a bit stereotypical, but there's a certain way that the men run this company. And as they've brought in more female managers, a real question has kind of come to me as to how do I manage as a woman? There are certain characteristics that I think women can really bring to the table that are very strong, uh, like our, our ability to uh, express emotion um, and may, maybe be more emotional, but I think there's a lot of strength in that. But I, I'm seeing and being guided by a lot of men who see emotion as weakness. So I think it's become a big topic for me, like, am I weak if I show emotion or am I strong? And how, how do you balance that in the workplace? Um, hi, I am uh, Melissa and I'm an author on the topic female migration and uh, I just wanted to take the microphone uh, right, uh, right next uh, or after you because uh, of the word that you just mentioned and it's actually the word that I wrote down here, inclusion and inclusion between uh, within feminist, uh, the feminist talk. So the, this is extremely important and we don't uh, still stick to the idea that when talking about feminism, it's just a group of women. It is not about being uh, a woman, it's about being inclusive, uh, also um, about minorities. And minorities, whether it's a male minority or female minority. So it is not only a talk within women. And uh, second uh, words that I actually wrote down are also related to uh, what you were talking about. Um, and it's speak up and listen. Because uh, I have the feeling, since I have uh, started writing and talking um, a lot about feminism within uh, the group of uh, entrepreneurs uh, that I have in my circle of friends, um, they keep on saying, uh, women, they need to learn how to speak up and uh, they need to learn how to pitch like properly and uh, i kept thinking about it and it is not only a matter of how uh, certain people need to learn how to speak up but how other people need to learn how to listen so those are the words that i wrote down thank you very much i'm not counting here but i think we can still take all these contributions Okay, so two thoughts I uh, put together around this topic. Um, so the first kind of relates to your point around um, like parental leave and uh, traditional gender roles. So I'd love for us as a society to normalize parental leave for men and women. So the burden of negative effects on career growth are not only put on the women. So I think that's really hard because there's also a lot of pressure I've noticed in Germany for women to take substantial amounts of parental leave. So it's kind of balancing both the obligation and guilt and also the traditional uh, roles there. And then the other topic I want to kind of pose to the group is, are we creating leadership opportunities for women, but also for everyone that are actually attractive and balanced? So a lot of times I see these, these people in leadership roles and they just, there's no sense of work-life balance. They're working insane hours. So why is this? I mean, at the same time, we're trying to push, push more women into leadership, but why would anyone want to join that level? So kind of how can we use job sharing or emphasize work-life balance or limiting hours to create leadership opportunities that are effective and don't create burnout? Thank you. Uh, my name is Anneta. I'm a co-founder of an interior firm here in Berlin. Uh, I'm pregnant and I'm having a boy. And my thought is <laughs> basically, all of a sudden I had this thought that I'm going to be raising uh, the most privileged person in the world, a white male. He's going to be more privileged than me. And how can I uh, raise a person with empathy and understanding for what he has and how he can change the world. How can he understand the power that he has and how can he change the be a feminist and be 
be the person that I want him to be, basically. And uh, I think it's a, it's basically because we're going to be, you know, there are going to be new people and we're going to see the world in a different way, hopefully, in the next 20 or 30 years. And how can we give them this power, basically? Hello, my name is Ella. Um, I work as a freelance manager and finance manager for artists and creatives. Um, I work both for men and for women. Um, I think the topic is so huge. I was like just millions of like different questions run through my head. Um, one question of this is of actually thinking of the word feminism because that's like like the basic. I feel like sometimes it's the basic word of it but I find it really hard to put that label on myself because I think there's so many people have different thoughts about it. And I think one point, um, I think that was um, been said before, it's just like this exclusion because um, I think it's more of like inclusion and I think like countries like Scandinavia where they have like companies where they say there's a 40 percentage of like men and women have to be in the company either way so they don't exclude people, they like include everyone or exclude everyone in the, at the same rate so i find just in general the word feminism and like equality what does it mean feminism what does it mean for i don't know every individual thank you how are we doing in time what's left um, one half minutes one half minutes so Hello everyone, I'm Gabriella. I'm studying education here in Berlin. Uh, I'll try to be quickly. Um, like, like how I reflect is like, what is the human being? Doesn't matter like if, of gender or sex or any orientation that one choose. We are all human beings. And as for us to be born, to be created, we need a masculine and a feminine Gamita or like whatever the name. Like so we have everyone has within itself a masculine and a feminine energy, and there is no better or worse. But we need to understand how how does this energies affects. Also, I'm a mom, and also regarding the parenting leave concept here in Germany, I think they have a very good concept because being a parent you can. Both parents can take up to 14 months of parent leave, and that can be like one take three months, and the other person takes the rest of the time. It doesn't really matter, and they don't. But as I see, there's a lot of pressure, like that the man is not allowed to take this time. Like there's still in a lot of companies people that if you say, okay, I'm going to take six months parent leave, my wife is going to keep her work and I'm going to take away. People still look weird towards other people. And I think one part of the big understanding of like, I, 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 as I see the feminism is to understand like, we cannot only educate our women to understand that they have the right, that they have the power, that they can take things as they want. But we have also the responsibility of showing men that they also have the right to be more feminine, to make, to change a bit, because there is still in the society a lot of pressure. And I'm not much into the whole, like, I'm not a radical feminist. I started becoming more stronger feminist since I discovered that I was going to have a girl. And since then, I've, like, how I see my daughter, how she's growing, um, it helps me a lot and it brought me a lot of strength the concept of feminism and how it is, but I see also strongly that there is a gap on how we, are, how men are teach and educated in the system and the pressure of society that somehow has to be lifted so that anyone, regardless from what they define themselves, they can be whatever they want and how they want. Cool. I need to wrap it up. I've seen somebody. Did you raise your hand in the that one? I don't know who's who's been earlier from you both. So I take the last one. You wanna? You wanna? I just. You have the name of my girlfriend, so you get the. 
Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I also said include men um, because I think this is the most important topic when we're talking about this. When I talk to my friends, um, they simply, even though I try to explain them different situations and give them examples, like my male friends, I mean, no, um, they simply cannot really um, understand it often and because they never experienced it. And even if um, we're sitting in front of panels and there's um, a slide with 10 founders, male founders on the on a screen, uh, my male friends often don't even notice. And that is something uh, that I think we need to manage. So like you say, like everyone can live his own in his own, um, yeah, being like uh, having female and male sides. But um, it's really important that we include men on the table and um, educate them um, because that's the only way it will change in the long term. All right, wonderful. Okay, thanks for. I need to, sorry, wrap up this this part because we have a little experiment still still going on. But we have a last last final session, so we can still share thoughts. So what I'd like you to do, we actually wanna have a little movement, and I see the circle is too small. So I would ask you three guys over there, typing in your telephones, uh, to make a little uh, exit between the pillar and the and the light, so we can all move out there in the free space. Um, yeah, and that's actually what we do. I invite you to move. Just, just follow me, actually, and I hope you can still be. Just move it away. Just a big exit. So let's um, let's go between these four pillars. That's our new like setting here. And when you're all here, so this is actually. Val Valentina had a very good explanation <laughs> why we do this. <laughs> sure. Um, maybe I'll explain what we're going to do, and then I'll explain why I think it's important or nice to do this. Um, we're going to do a little eye contact exercise. Um, so we're going to partner up and do a minute of eye contact with someone. Um, I know this can be quite terrifying, but I always say that it's if I'm really scared to do something, that's the best reason to do it. Um, I think this is important for this roundtable and for life in general um, because of this aspect of empathy. And when we take the time to really look at somebody, it's like it's actually a form of listening. Like we're trying to match their expression, we're trying to match their body language, we're trying to absorb this person and what they might be going through. Um, and I think even in the comments that were being said before, there was like this theme of empathy and of inclusion and how we can listen to other people and how we can connect with other people. Um, and I think this is a great way to do it. And again, like from my perspective, this is an emotional topic, a personal topic. And I think connecting with one another is a wonderful way to form solidarity and to also like be a little scared and do it anyway. Like that's super important also. Um, obviously, if you're not comfortable doing this, please feel free to step out. No pressure at all. Um, but I encourage you to do it if you're scared because I've been scared to do it before. And that's always the most rewarding thing. Okay, it's not so tough actually. Then. So we, we need to define the playing ground. So let's move between these six pillars, yeah, these small ones as well, these broken ones, but not move out of it so we have this this playing field. Okay, everybody ready? It won't be too hard. Uh, you just start moving in the space for yourself, just moving around. And really for now also being with yourself, like maybe maybe rather... Um, looking at the floor and being with yourself, um, thinking about the conversation so far, your thoughts. Okay, everybody online again. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay, and in the next round, we, we just keep moving on a little bit around the square here. Just keep, keep on moving. Shake it, maybe shake it a little bit off. Remember the person or see how that was for you, the little experiment. And um, yeah, I actually like you to, to just stop again in the space. And I, I guide you through uh, some, some questions which lead us back into the actual topic to think about. So the first one is um, think about what in the discussion we had, what was, what was relevant to you, what resonated with you, what was really important, like a takeaway. Okay, and the second one is, what is my my big or open question 
Is there anything that is really unanswered or a big miracle or riddle still to you talking about the era of women or the era of harmonism? And the final one is, um, can I formulate an action I will do to help, to help the conversation, to help the issue, to help um, the race of feminism, if I may say so? What, is, what could be my action? Good. Then we can move back in the circle for the final session. And please close the, close the gap again after we've been moving back. Okay, thank you very much for the little movement. Um, we have perfectly planned the session because we have 20 minutes lift, uh, left for the session. And um, we like to do a final wrap up and a, sh and a sharing of thoughts. So whatever came up in the conversation before in the little um, uh, thing we just did, uh, we just have a, a final round so everybody can speak. But that means everybody needs to speak extremely shortly, so maximum of a minute, so we can take all thoughts and contributions. Yeah, is that all right? Understood. So I just, um, do you feel ready to start? No. If you don't want to say something, you just pass it on. Okay, then I pass it on to the next person right away. Yeah. Maybe people can just raise. So, sorry, <laughs> what was the question? Maybe people can just raise their hands when they're like, because maybe this like... Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it's okay. Well, the, the reason f for making a round is that everybody is hurt who hasn't, you know, had the empowerment or the male uh, thing to, to raise a hand or to it. So that's just to give you an opportunity to say something. If you don't want to say something, you just keep on passing on. And maybe you pass on because you also already contributed as well or you, you add a thought or so. So it's totally okay to pass it on. If you want to share something, you share it. Um, yeah, I, I wish to contribute, but I, I still need to reflect a little bit on, on my thoughts. We can go back again then for you guys like slow processing and no problem. Um, so the second question was who, so the, I think it was her question, how can I raise my child, which is a boy, and teach him to, and, and my contribution would be that I'm working on a project about emotions, and I created some little characters, and I tried to make them gender neutral, and I think now I got more, like, inspiration of, because also about, like, yeah you say boys shouldn't be sad and like all this stuff that you hear that you shouldn't be or you have to or um, that I try to to teach with this with these emotions to or with these characters to um, yeah I, I can't explain it right now but yeah I want to to make it um, like on this topic as well to to see how I could, could teach the, the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that was a perfect minute. <laughs> uh, I'm still thinking about, I think, Melissa's point about how to um, learn how to speak up or how to help others to learn to listen. And um, yeah, I think it's a very important question, especially in my case, for example, I'm a co-founder in the tech startup scene, which is a system made by men with rules invented by men. And it's hard to find the right balance between speaking up and making the others to listen and to just um, because women are the clear minority. We've talked about that. And we want something from the men in that system. And we have to play with their rules that are super subtle and intransparent. So you can't really address that. And yeah, it's, it's a topic for me and um, happy about all the inspiration here for this. Yeah. Um, so I was um, thinking about also how to overcome gender roles. Um, because I was working in the Maghreb in uh, the developing field, I had a look at the legislations uh, there in Morocco and Tunisia. And I was seeing that the legislation 
they exist so for equal gender equality more or less but the societies uh, don't change really in this direction so what i take from this um, round table is that uh, i think everything starts with education from from the early age and that we have to include men so this is the two essential points and um, then the legislation helps but the society has to move on as well thank you hi thank you my name is joanna and i'm the co-founder uh, of a startup in tech blockchain space and i think for me the biggest question is kind of the macro economic or macro space is you know we have those conversations around women in tech women in business across almost any conference right now and the question for me is why we are having this conversation like what is the agenda behind it will you know women in general be happier if they are pushed to a position where they have to burn burn out because this is the reality if you are you know in leadership power no matter if you are a man or a woman you're working your ass off and you don't really have any space for anything else and it won't change um, because this is basically how how the business is done right so I'm not sure if you know the path that some of us here also I can hear um, chose for ourselves which is you know driving the business driving organization you know uh, trying to be great manager for other people who rely on you like is this really a solution that should be taken over on a grander scale will this make women in general more happy if they are you know uh, much more in those positions so that's what yeah thank you danke Maren. Uh, I'm still thinking about uh, family, family life, because for me, feminism started with having a family. And uh, when you asked me about action, I was thinking, um, or I even wrote this on my card, family life is a public adventure, I, I, I wrote on my card. And I'm thinking, um, uh, yeah, maybe the, the, maybe the differences in uh, men and women do actually start with family life because women can have children i mean i mean <laughs> let them grow in themselves and bear them uh, and and men cannot and i was uh, i've been um i want to be more public about i think my me being a mom even while i'm am being a businesswoman which uh, i've been ambivalent about uh, so far so i sometimes i've tried to hide it sometimes i say well i have to leave now i have to pick up my daughter um yeah and i think um i like to experiment on that uh, because when i say i'm a mom i am definitely a woman so i feel like there's some uh, experimentation space there for maybe feminism yeah something similar came up for me and that's around um speaking up as a father and what that means um in terms of creating space um Yeah, for lack of a better word, creating space and um, not filling it with myself all the time. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm a co-founder of a tech company. Can I take this off? <laughs> um, we're kind of building a feminist kind of trip advisor at the moment. And yeah, it's the second panel for me where the topic is that actually men have to be included in the conversation. and. I really have to ask myself now, how can I convince them that we need the product that we're building? Um, I, I want to <laughs> say thank you to the two men in this round, because I am really happy about your contributions just now of giving space, allowing space to listen and also to have this one minute order, which I find a nice structure to balance out and also become aware of our habits, how we use power structures. Because my problem I see with empowerment and also a lot in feminism is that we reproduce power structures that I know from men. 
So this is not a gender issue, it's, it's a structural thing. And of course it's more difficult for men to see that as they're in the privileged position, they don't, they don't realize it, it's the norm. So, um, yes, what I take out of this round is really this cooperation and the integration of men and also giving space to listen to men, <laughs> maybe, turn it around. Hi, um, my name is Anton. Um, um, I think I'm not really able yet to express what I'm really taking away from here. It's just a strong energy, I would say. Um, but maybe I can share uh, why I went to um, this group, roundtable. Um, I'm a founder of a t-shirt business, business and uh, in the garment industry, is, uh, the majority of people working is women. We work with a women cooperative in Croatia. And so they are self-organized, but um, even though they are organized as a cooperative, they have one man in the cooperative that is more dealing with the, like say, with the management, with the outside actors. So, and they, even though they're chaining um, and taking the strategic decisions together, when we go there and meet, like it's also sometimes more like we talking with the guy and not so much with the women. So it's always a, a, a question how to improve this cooperation with them to include the uh, workers actually more in the partnership. So. Um, hi, um, my name is Esther and uh, I'm really glad to be able to uh, be part of this group and listen to other men talk about their feelings and how, you know, what they think about, um, you know, feminism or uh, what their partners encounter. And um, another thing that I'm doing right now is I'm doing, I live in Hong Kong and I'm setting up the first um, women's uh, blockchain conference. And one of the questions that I keep asking myself is, am I supposed to be doing this? Because I want to be as inclusive as possible, but even just by that structure itself, it seems exclusive. But um, the more women I talk to and seeing the situation, it is, um, you know, the real situation that is that we are in the minority. So as a platform, I still believe that it is a great chance for more women to be able to speak. And um, it's not that. I want to exclude men, but uh, of course they can join. But having uh, more women speak, I think, is the goal. And seeing my friend upstairs on an all-male panel, um, you know, speaking, she's the only woman there. And I'm like, yeah, we need more women <laughs> talking and in, you know, those um, roles so that um, we'll have more chances. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Kate. And um, I am a student, so I'm coming from just a whole melting pot of really intense feelings and thoughts about feminism. Um, one conversation we're having right now um, at my university is all about consent and sexual encounters, um, you know, no, regardless the gender dynamic. And um, a huge thing that we're kind of disagreeing on right now is... Um, the female or non-male responsibility to males in these types of encounters, but also more broadly, um, do we have a responsibility to inform and to educate? Um, and I think I would have be of the opinion, um, yes. <laughs> and it's been interesting to hear um, some other thoughts because it sounds, I think, um, a, what a lot of you have said is, yes, I think we do have maybe a responsibility maybe a responsibility, maybe not a responsibility, or just a, just if we want things to get better, we need to join in on this group effort, which is really nice to hear. So um, it's been interesting to hear all of your thoughts. And now I have some interesting things to go back to back to school with. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what I had in my head when you asked the question of like, what do you um, want to do about it or what do you t you know take from this and what you can do about it um, I was thinking we were talking about like raising kids and I think it's not about like what you said of like do women really want to be in a position in a high position where they work their ass off I think it comes to of like educating everyone 
from the very little from when the very little that there is a equality of like I think when I grew up like my parents wanted me to play the piano instead of the drums but because that's a it's a typical stereotype of like boys play drums girls play what violin or something I think it comes to that point where it's just like you should have you grow up with having to choose from what you want to do and not being excluded there we come again to the exclusion but I found it interesting when we talked about raising kids and maybe that's like one way of yeah starting and maybe there is no drastic change but like a little you know like piece by piece and education and education everyone knows that always takes a bit to yeah um, to develop but I find it very interesting thoughts here and sometimes asking questions or like for me asking questions and hearing questions like starts my brain to tick and I find it yeah very interesting and I think I will think about this still tomorrow. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah. Um, recently I felt like people around me or more and more people are afraid to call themselves feminist. And um, recently it has made me sad that people think it's uh, scary to call yourself a feminist. And this group definitely makes me have hope for the future. And I see that there's a lot of... Um, positivity and uh, more people that are proud to call themselves feminist and I will definitely take that with me. Thank you. So two ideas I wanted to share. One is um, inspired by the men in the room. Um, how can we go further to create inclusive spaces where uh, men or folks that don't identify with, with the male or, or female binary feel comfortable to give their opinions. They feel like they have um, emotional security and are able to be a part of this conversation in a non-threatening way. And then um, on the topic of, of non-binary non gender folks or gender fluided, fluid folks, like how are we including them in this conversation or are they just always left out? Um, so there's new legislation coming in Germany by the end of the year around uh, discrimination, uh, preventing discrimination against uh, non-binary folks. So like thinking about how that is a step forward, but also we need to make sure that our processes are in place to accommodate and make those folks feel welcome. minutes I think no two minutes oops to me um, and I will be really quick I just uh, wanted to share on the, um, on the topic of raising a child whether a girl or a boy um, at this era at the era of women uh, I have personally the experience of having a boyfriend who was raised by an incredible strong feminist uh, woman and who still um, makes the let's call it mistake to tell me oh you should definitely smile more and uh, but what I um, took from that uh, is that when we talk about including other people in, uh, in the, the discourse of feminism just don't feel overwhelmed and uh, because I do feel overwhelmed all the time and I just start with the people who are right next to me for example with my boyfriend and start talking about it and start uh, discovering together what feminism in the era uh, of today means so that's what I wanted to share thank you hello uh, my name is Luisa. Um, I'm running a little business here in Berlin in the field of uh, digital education. And uh, so we give workshops to children and teachers um, in the field of yeah, like how to code, how to get into technology. And when I started that, I never thought that it would point out that much that um, still like in this time that we're in at the moment, that girls are that afraid of technology that they really think coding or stuff like that and that's just one project or one point is just meant to be for men or for boys as I teach that and what I wonder um, since some time is that um, how because I have the possibility to influence somehow even I mean I'm not a teacher but still how can I bring up that topic like not by saying it but 
girl, you you are able to do that, and uh, I try to do that in in my way of teaching how to code. So this is what I was thinking about. Yeah, and I I think we should start with the real real little ones like our children. I think we let them do the last three. Yeah, sure. We we just now go over time, but you still take a minute. Okay. I will I'll block off other people. I'll be quick. Um, I'm very interested in conversation that came from over here um, about uh, identifying as a feminist or whether we're here for equality. And this is a conversation or a thought I have a lot myself is what am I fighting for here? To be a feminist or am I fighting for equality? And I kind of see feminism as a route to the end goal of equality, which I guess most people feel. Um, something I've come up against is actually we've spoken a lot about kids and, and getting like socializing them in this way but um the older generations are actually where i kind of see a bit of a problem i've had conversations with my mum where she goes oh i'm sure he didn't mean to say it in that way and you go oh yeah it's not really cool though to have said that to me so i think there's a fear of the term feminist there's a fear of being a feminist and being a bra burner and all this kind of thing and that's not the reality now and we're in a really privileged position to show people that being a feminist isn't a big scary thing um, but it's actually just fighting for equality and that's essentially what we all should be doing. Hi, my name is Sebastian and I'm a founder of a digital production company here in Berlin and Amsterdam and my main takeaway from this is like basically a reinforced belief that it's super important to keep supporting women in the scene because like I just hear over and over again how people think it's really hard to get into like uh, advertisement is also like super male dominated scenes so it's like People think it's super hard to get into it, and yet there's still so much good female talent if you just know where to look. So, what we do in our company is we just like look in female-focused channels and try to like find as many freelancers and employees from those channels. Thanks for your thoughts. I've been listening. Cool. Uh, I just want to thank all of you. Really, it was amazing um, for your openness, your listening, your sharing. Um, like many other women in the room have said, it's been especially wonderful to have um, men who have contributed to the conversation, men who have decided just to listen. Um, yeah, really amazing. I'm also still sort of processing, um, but yeah, thank you. Thanks for me as well, and we need to be quick to wrap up. Maybe you, if you have conversations, maybe outside the circle so the next people can move in. And the headphones are supposed to be given back there, I think. Or just keep them on the chair. Thanks, everyone.